Hey, it is Friday night. I could not be happier to be coming together with everybody talking comics. I am in the Bermuda Triangle of whatever can go wrong, will go around in the Joseph household. So if my computer goes away, it, who knows? Uh, but if it doesn't, I appreciate you guys coming. And because I'm going to start my weekend off right with you guys, because the last couple days of this week, have been utter crap, and I am so happy you guys have come to fix it for me. Uh, Will, how was your week? Uh, great. I am eight finished packages away from being completely fulfilled on crossover vision number three. Uh, that is uh, three cheers. <laughs> that is awesome. I got the email, I think, late last night saying yep. <laughs> you've got a package coming. That was before my dog started his first of four vomit and diarrhea oh. um, throughout the night. <laughs> he's over on the couch. He's home from the vet. Oh, it's, uh, he's so really had a crap week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. It was, uh, it, 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 that is one of, that, that is one of the things that went wrong. And, uh, but you know what? We're talking comics. This is, uh, this is my happy place. So we're just going to say he's okay. I'm okay. And honey, that there's where it is. Uh, I just want to invite everybody that is on our panel to, uh, introduce yourselves and introduce the project that we're going to do a little deep dive, uh, in the next couple minutes on, um, as if you were at a comic convention and you had 30 seconds as somebody walked past your booth. Uh, let's go, uh, Joseph, you've been on before, so let's uh, let you you be the, uh, the, uh, the first. Okay, I'm Joseph Dewis. I'm the writer and creator of Super Heresy Showcase. Uh, it's four stories bringing back uh, four public domain heroes from the golden age of comics. <clears throat> nice. Uh, Chris, uh, what, what can we hear about Rapture Burgers? Uh, yeah, so if I were on a convention floor, first of all, I would yell out to you, hey, do you like world domination? <laughs> and if totally. that didn't get your attention, something's wrong with you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Rapture Burgers is the story of a high school student who one day realizes that it is his destiny to conquer the world and rule it with an iron fist. Uh, and we say it's kind of like Pinky in the Brain if Pinky were in charge. Nice. All right. I love that. Sweet. Uh, Shadi and Philip are here with the Purple Eyes Anthology. Uh, I'm going to let either one of you uh, introduce it. Who would be the, uh, the, the, the big voice at a convention if you guys were together? Philip? Hello, All right. definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, so Shadi and, here, Shadi and I are here for Purple Eyes, which is a new anthology. There's 18 stories from 33 creators. And in this world, uh, 73 minutes before you die, your eyes turn a vibrant purple. There's absolutely nothing you can do to reverse this. There's no decisions, no choices, no medical alleviation. It's 100% accurate, and it happens to everyone across the world. And with all the creators that we have, uh, there's a wide variety of, of comedy, uh, some, some revenge, some straight up, uh, well, I said, I guess, some straight up hope, like, Violent revenge stories, some funny ones, some uh, some few in between. Chadia is doing. Uh, I mean, Chadia can explain what she's doing in medical drama. Uh, yeah. Nice. Um, so for this project, yeah, it's a little bit of it's pretty much a medical drama where in this world, um, because uh, having the purple eyes means uh, pretty much a confirmed uh, death. 
uh, doctors don't want to mess with you, so you, they pretty much leave you to die at a hospital once you come in with purple eyes to avoid a lawsuit. Uh, so we're going to see a doctor, a new doctor, and how she struggles with an older veteran doctor on trying to help a patient uh, with purple eyes. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, we heard about this a while back. I believe it was uh, Mario Candelaria told us this was coming up, and it just sounded like such a unique, cool anthology that when we saw it went live, we were like, oh, my God, we got to talk to these guys. Um, but we have some people. I see a comment here. Let's get John Westoff is in the chat. Oh, the <laughs> intro is so loud for an old man like me. You know what? It wakes us up. Yeah, we need it. We need it. Uh, it's it's late for us, John. We've got to get that 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 juice before we start. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know what I was going to toss in there is that's the the best produced intro I've ever had come before me. Uh, yes, <laughs> we had nothing and, to do with that. Will and I, we give it all to Joey Galvez. He produced it for us. He sent sent me an email going, "What about this?" And I'm like, "Well, it's a little too good for us." But you know what? The geek people, the geek collective, are too good to us, and we're just gonna uh, pretend we deserve it until maybe someday we do. We fake it till we make it, and we're our writing. So might as well do it in our uh, podcasting. Um, no, so John actually has a uh, thing going for part-time comics, his Kickstarter for his zine, uh, which I'm going to give a quick shout out to um, basically the one that I don't know Magic the Gathering. So there's a zine on Magic of the Gathering, but I don't know much about it, so I can't help there. But the zine that is about the comics from the Simpsons world, so maybe Radioactive Man, they would do you know, part of an issue. I am so on board for, I'm so ready for. So uh, part-time comics on the stack, uh, check that one out. Uh, we couldn't get John on this week, but we are excited to have him in the chat. Uh, Joseph, we uh, talked about, since you this is your second time on this show, I believe second, right? Yep. So you're the veteran, you know how this works. You know that uh, Will and I are taskmasters, uh, just pretty rough on the guests. We're gonna let you go first. I'm gonna pull up the page. And let's talk about super heresies. Okay. Yeah. First of all, I want to say like John Westhoff is younger than me. So like I I'm so used to that now. People younger than me calling themselves old. But that's like you know you're really old. So yeah. here's here's where I realized I was old this past uh, month was when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees came out. And I was like, man, every one of these bands is good, which means I'm old. <laughs> because every band yeah. was good 20 years ago but i'd never heard of them so I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, that was a really awful wake up call for wake up call for me yeah um so uh this this comic called super heresy showcase uh we started the super heresies line i guess in 2019 we had a comic called super heresies in it and we took um public domain um superheroes from comic books and um, we had three stories. One was a team story, one was a, a, a duo story, and one was a solo story. So it was show showcases you decided, you know, there was one story that wasn't ready in time for Super Heresy. So um, just like I did for Two Eye Tales, um, I took a six-page story and I, and I made uh, 34 more pages of comics so I could publish it. <laughs> and uh, um, so the, the the idea behind showcase is that each one is is a solo story, and they're focusing on these characters, some of which were in super heresy, some of which are not. But um, the idea is that uh, 
you don't need to read super heresies. Every one of these stories is self-contained. If you um, if you look closely, you can kind of tell they're all in the same world, and there's little references in there. So it's it's kind of a bonus for if you read <laughs> if you read both of them, but you really don't need to. Um, <clears throat> so um, I, I wrote and lettered all of these, and we had different line artists for each, and then we had the same colorist uh, for all of them. Um, and uh, and Mike DiCarlo, who was uh, a, a veteran DC, Marvel, Archie, Bongo, every company you can imagine artist, um, we we got him to do the line art for the cover. Um, and and it's a it's an homage to Jimmy Olsen number one thirty one, which is uh, not something people <laughs> do homage very frequently. But I found it. Uh, because uh, it's the same cover date as uh, the last um, time, the last story uh, chronologically. So, um, <clears throat> you know, you have um, Dash Dartwell, who's like our super fast guy, and he's kind of there in place of Jimmy Olsen, and you have the Scarab in, in place of Superman uh, on the cover. And um, <clears throat> so, uh, our first our first story is is uh, with a character called Madame Fatale, and. Um, the original version in the Golden Age was called Madame Fatal, and we just added E's to the end of it. Uh, she is um, actually a, a, a male stage actor named Richard Stanton, and um, his 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 daughter was kidnapped by criminals, and he goes undercover as an old woman to uh, to find uh, his daughter who was kidnapped, and um, <clears throat> it's it's just such a funny concept, like. You know, in 1940, like this, and 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 she had, and it's funny because her pronouns change in the captions depending on whether um, it's he's in his civilian identity or whether he's he's Madame Fatal. Um, it's the, the the omniscient narrator in the captions always referred to her as she when it was Madame Fatal and and he when it was uh, Richard Stanton, which I think is really interesting for a Golden Age comic. Um, but uh, <clears throat> so. You know, uh, he, uh, she had 22 issues of, uh, of crack comics. Each story was five pages long, though. And, um, and each of those, um, after the first issue, they completely forgot about the backstory for the character. Um, <laughs> so he never found his daughter, never made any progress, just started, like, <laughs> you know, fighting criminals and being a detective and stuff. Um, <clears throat> so <laughs> we have this one take place in 1970. And, um, it, it takes place in Los Angeles County where there's a, there's a bunch of people who have disappeared and um, on the side of this highway. So, so, so Madame Fitzal goes and. Well, that know, never happened in California in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes and investigates what happens. And so it's kind of thematically related to these sort of um, cults of personality in the seventies, like Jonestown and, and um, the Manson family. <clears throat> no, that is awesome. So how did you, come upon these characters and choose what to spotlight um <clears throat> so it's it's been it's been a um a little while just kind of figuring it out uh there's there's a couple of sites um comicbookplus.com and uh digitalcomiclibrary.com and they are um and they host free scans of uh golden age public domain so not all golden age some some silver and bronze age stuff too um and uh and anybody can read them for free. So that's kind of where I got that. And then there's also a wiki called PDSH, um, Public Domain Superheroes, 
where they put a lot of these characters in there and kind of give you references about where you can read about them. <clears throat> so um, there's also a Facebook group with public domain heroes. That's, that's pretty good. And you see a lot of people are doing their own things with them, which is really cool. Uh, so, <clears throat> so I kind of like was looking around, like, I was like, I wanted to do like a justice society type of team. And, and so I looked around just kind of look for parallels um, that were in the public, <laughs> public domain. Um, and, um, and yeah, I call it, and I call the team the Mr. Union, uh, because I feel like it's almost like a labor union for superheroes. Um, but they were called mystery men. So it's a mystery union. <clears throat> um, and so in our, in our first story in Superheroes, we had a story about the mystery union. And so it was a showcase, I kind of wanted to show what some of these individual characters were doing, like in their, in their solo adventures. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um. The second story, uh, oh, and, and Kylan Silver does the uh, line art for the first story. Um, the second story is uh, the Sergio uh, Juncom does the art for. Um, <clears throat> it's a story about the scarab. Um, this is an archaeologist who found a magic ring that gave him powers um, in in Egypt, and um, you know, as you do, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so I wanted to kind of show the backstory of the ring and how it was made. Uh, so we have this uh, story that takes place in 1335 um, BCE um, in, in Egypt. And it's really about the sectarian struggles because um, the pharaoh um, Akhenaten was was trying to convert people to monotheism and, and no one really wanted to do it. So um, <clears throat> the whole struggle about that. And um, we have coming back through time, there's a Cuban tank crew uh, that lands in ancient Egypt. <laughs> And uh, they make an alliance with um, with Apep, the god of chaos, to to uh, to help to help uh, destroy the followers of Ra. So uh, to kind of help uh, Akhenaten's cause. So then, the, so then Bast and Ra have to come up with uh, in a way t- to fight um, the Cubans, and they can't do it themselves because they can't directly interfere with mortals. So um, the whole thing is about you know how the ring was created and, and how it was used in ancient Egypt. <clears throat> No, that's cool. And uh, then the third story is uh, is uh, called The Last Hand of Bass Reeves. And it's a story um, about a character called Red Reeves. And Red Reeves had two appearances in the Golden Age in 1939 and 1940. This was basically kind of like a Johnny Thunder character who, who, who found a magic marble. And inside of it, there was a genie. And... Um, and and you know there was a couple of a couple of stories and that was it, and uh, so <clears throat> I took Red Reeves, who was a white boy, and I changed him to a black girl, and um, and I set it in Oklahoma, and I made the genie her great grandfather, uh, Deputy U.S. Marshal Bass Reeves, who is uh, you know a well-known historical figure. <clears throat> so uh, this story is really kind of a retcon of the original origin, and um, she finds the marble and. Um, <clears throat> You know, she finds that Bass Reeves is, an, is a genie inside of the marble trapped inside there. And Bass Reeves tells the whole story about how he came to be trapped in a marble uh, in 1910. And um, Who did the art on one? that one? What's that? Who did the art on this one? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's uh, Luca. Luca Sakiti uh, did the did the art for this. Um, and uh, Jer- Jerome Rapazio did the coloring for all of them. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't know if it really shows too much on the Kickstarter page, but there's a halftone filter over the pages. 
Um, so they kind of look like uh, the older color separation and uh, coloring process. Okay, cool. And then uh, the last story is called The Secret Origin of Dash Darwell. And um, Dash Darwell was this guy who uh, in um, 1941, he he had, I think, four stories. Um, <clears throat> and he was he had like two conflicting origins in them uh, over the course of a year. So, <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> in this one, um, it takes place in 1950. And he, uh, he, he, there was a professor who was giving him these super speed tablets that he would use to get super speed temporarily. And uh, when the professor dies and has no notes, um, he's, he's lost his super speed. So he's going through uh, his professor's effects and um, he finds a, a journal that was written by himself uh, from a future version of himself from 1962 who traveled back in time uh, to 1919 uh, and left the journal <laughs> for himself and um and in the in the uh, in the journal he tells how he traveled back from 1962 and um he tells the 1950 dash that when he regains his speed he has to go back in time and kidnap himself when he's a baby <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and um, you do see a connection with the uh, with the Scarab story in this. Um, the 1962 Dash is uh, is fighting the Cubans in Cuba, and he accidentally strands them back in Egypt. Oh, that's so, nice. So that's how they uh, that's how they got back there in the other story. And um, and he's kind of like, well, I kind of overshot, but you know, I've had plenty of time because I can travel through time, so I'm just going to go back and get them after I'm done here. You know, <laughs> uh, and that's a. Uh, just like a short six page story <laughs> and all the short stories are between six and 14 pages. So it's 39 story, <laughs> story pages all together. <clears throat> no, that that's awesome. It's fun. I, I haven't never, I've never even tried to work with the public domain. Will does it for crossover division. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, a different muscle. That's really neat to kind of exercise to, play. what was the, what was the easiest and the hardest uh, character to, wrap your mind around with a modern sensibility um well you know i made it a little bit easier on myself because i said all these stories in the past so so i didn't really have to update them mm -hmm. um uh but um yeah i think the scarab was kind of hard because uh the character like i want i really wanted to do the thing about akhenaten and like religious sectarianism um so which which you know the end of Akhenaten's reign was in 1335 BCE um but but it said when he found that it was 300 BC uh in the original story so that's about a thousand years off um <laughs> so I decided just kind of like not to address that and, <laughs> and uh, well if the original writers didn't why should you exactly just hand yeah, it away um, so you know it's possible they created the ring and then just for a thousand years it was around and then they buried it and then he found it you know yeah um <clears throat> but uh yeah that was that was kind of difficult uh to work with um you know but i'm fatal like i think is like a it was kind of a touchy character um i i tended to kind of focus on the plot instead of trying to figure out what is this character's gender identity and right. um <clears throat> you know all that stuff um but uh but yeah we 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 said um Basically, like you know, this is the plot, and it's it really, we're really talking about like what are the dangers of a cult of personality. Um, <clears throat> we're not making any sort of statement on gender identity or anything like that. Um, and then um, probably the easiest one was uh, Red Reeves because, like, 
once you start changing like every single thing about a character, like it gets really easy. <laughs> and, and, um, and I was like, yeah, you know, we have too many of these like white boy characters. So just like change it. And then I was like, wait a minute, if it's, if, if she's gonna be best, she's gonna be red Reeves. Like, why can't they use bass Reeves in this story? It's like, everybody wants to use bass Reeves. You know, it's like, put him in there. And, um, and that was probably the easiest one. <clears throat> Sweet. Well, we're going to give your throat a little rest and, uh, let's, let's talk We've got two people for Purple Eyes, so let's let's go to Purple Eyes and and get a little bit of uh, that anthology. I'm going to pull up the page. Um, what was the first genesis of this? How did this idea pop into your head? Uh, so this anthology is an expansion upon a story that Sean Dicker and Justin Birch and I did. Uh, about six months ago, or we completed about six months ago. And some of those preview pages are available on this Kickstarter page. And for that story, we wanted to have like a very grounded approach that, you know, there's the supernatural or undefined, I should say, source of whatever this purple eyes is. It's just the rules of the world. And yeah, so some of these are the preview pages from the original. And at least for us, we decided um that we would do like a i call it like a sin city color palette or like uh storytelling so mm -hmm. you know traditional black and white uh you know ink on paper because sean's a fantastic traditional artist and um and yeah so we had the just the purple as the storytelling device because just to emphasize how predominant and how much it affects every person in the world so we we told the story and you know, for me, you know, I predominantly do short stories. And the big thing is, even if it's a one pager, that all short stories have a distinct beginning, middle and end. Like it doesn't feel you're not showing the reader uh, like basically a scene or I'm just going to write this short story because I hope I hope to, you know, pitch it to editors and make it expand. This was just something that after writing this or after completing this original nine page story, the the rules of the world called like was kept lingering in my head. So the it like I said, the, it was a very distinct ending, uh, I should say. You know, it's it's kind of the punchline. There's very distinct endings, but uh for the for that original story, and you know, I was getting at a crossroads of what to do next, either to do my fourth anthology for Crackle, because mm -hmm. in the past I'm, I'm known for my anthology series called Crackle, or I was going to venture on into a new unknown anthology, which would have been Purplewise. So I thought it'd be more fun uh, to invite, you know, fantastic creators. I, I, like, I didn't even know, no, sorry, Shadi, but I was not aware of your work at the time and i feel that was you know I, I feel that's with a lot of the creators that are on this anthology i just had no i for whatever reason uh, i was just unaware of them as creators and, and their highly artistic abilities and storytelling abilities um and so that was one of the key things too like i wanted to have open pitch submissions was because there are just so many fantastic and utterly just talented creators in the indie comic scene um like globally like i can't remember uh you can't see yeah are you on google chrome yes yeah google chrome for some reason like does weird things like 
I tried I, I tried to have like the emoji of everyone's home country on there, but then like Google Chrome just like translates it to like whatever the <laughs> just leaves some letters, so it looks weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, we just you know I, I had open pitch missions for six weeks, had 185 pitches, uh, which was a lot more yeah. than I was expecting. Um, and the only limitation I really had was, you know, just give me like you have to follow this loose, I guess, writer's prompt of the 73 minutes and your their eyes turn purple and it's 100 percent accurate. It's not, you know, it's not a logical puzzle like, oh, I, I figured out how to make my character have purple eyes and then not get purple eyes. Right. Um, it was, you know, I it was it was that. And I was like, just. I don't care what genre it is. Like, if just tell an interesting story, and then just let me know what the page count is and the creators. Um, and that gave the widest variety of stories that I, you know, that I personally wouldn't even thought about. Like, like how, you know, Shadia and, and Raymond and Kyla all, you know, they're doing like I said, a medical drama. There's a couple, you know, there's a sports one. Uh, I would say there's like three revenge stories. One's a revenge comedy. One's a petty revenge story, and one's like like an action movie revenge story, like revenge tale. Like it's, uh, you know. And I know Mario was on here. You said talking about it. Uh, you know, Mario's. I would say Mario's character would act appropriately. What you know, the the character makes some selfish decisions, type of thing, and like makes some comedic decisions, like acts. Acts like a person would. It's not like, you know, as much as, you know, we, you know, we want to make these stories interesting and make them more grounded. Like having us, you know, we do want all these characters to like, you know, give their money to charity and do something good with the last moments of their life. And there are stories like that, but then there's also stories of just people panicking and being scared and just doing stupid stuff because they have an hour and a half left to live. Yeah. No, um, so, so Shadia, when you first heard of this anthology, um, did the story pop into your head or did you just uh, sit down to try to crack your story to get in? So, funnily enough, it was Ray who told me about this, the, about it, and I thought it was interesting. So, I told her, like, uh maybe one day uh, not maybe one day uh maybe uh, i told her like if you want i can just be the artist for it and she's like are you sure i'm like yeah i mean i've done a couple of anthologies before i've done uh boats for women i have done alloy electrum and i have done like fan art scenes like i was in one for sailor moon villains i was in one for jojo and i want uh, jojo's bizarre adventure and then i was in one for fallout new vegas um so i'm very familiar with the anthology scene i love it a lot so i thought this was a really neat project and i like working with friends especially writer friends yeah it's a lot of fun um so basically uh we were kind of like talking out ideas and i was the one who threw the idea like what about like the medical scene like what would you do when something like that happens uh like is it the per if you let the per if the person has the purple eyes does it die because of medical malpractice or does it die because it was not attended and it's still like a medical malpractice mm -hmm. and ray thought that was a very interesting idea 
And she put it as part of the pitch stories packet that she did because I think she sent like five stories to Philip. Um, yeah, she sent five very different story, like very different in a good way. Like, like Ray, yeah, Ray's fantastic. Like each one, I was like, I, I had to. I'm gonna definitely say yes to Ray. I just gotta choose which one I say yes. Which, to. which, which yeah. one gets the yes? That's awesome. Um, so yeah, he, uh, basically you ended up choosing the one that I threw the idea at her, but I, I guess if it's okay, I would love to say two of the rejected stories, uh, just because I, I, two of the, uh, that made me laugh the most. One of them. It is, was, it is okay with us. I don't know about Philip, but Will and yeah. I, we, we say spill it all. It's, it's your ideas. I'm not, yeah, I'm not safeguarding well, them. Go for it. Yes. Uh, but one of them was about this like Houdini type escapist artist uh, who was going to do his final trick before retirement and as soon as he's going to start it he has purple eye and <laughs> people are panicking and panicking because they think he's going to drown and oh my god and the key and nothing and oh my god what's going to happen what's going to happen but he manages to get out and immediately after people are like oh my god yay he goes into an anaphylactic shock because he's allergic to latex, which was the suit that he was diving with. <laughs> um, and then the other one was a story about an two exes that they see each other and one discovers that the other one has purple eyes and she's like, it's fine. I just want us to have a good day today with you um, before I go. And that, and they just spend that date, uh, that that final half an hour to uh, hour and a half together. Cool. Yeah. No, I I think I'd be really petty. I think I I would be like the worst person with seventy three minutes. You don't have enough time to really come up with something like powerful and nice. So I think I'd just be a real shithead for about <laughs> seventy one minutes after I came to the realization. I I think a lot about uh, I don't know if you guys have ever um, heard, seen the Midnight Gospel, mm -mm. Uh, but it's a kind of it was a very interesting um, TV show that is based on a podcast, and they brought in one of my favorite people in the world ever called Kaylin Doty, which is somebody who talks a lot about death positive and being at peace with death, and just about how much the funeral industry is a scam. And it made me think about, uh, and the podcast, the host, uh, dad, had a very interesting death experience with his family. And I thought that was like, wow, if I ever knew that I was going to go, I would love to do it that way, where basically he woke up and the doctors told him, like, hey, you're going to die. Like, you're not going to make it, like, past a couple of days. And he's like, okay, just give me, like, a piece of paper. And uh, basically he brought everybody who could see him he just left everybody notes instructions messages of i love yous everything during that day and they said he said that it was like a beautiful experience before his dad passed away and i feel like makes me think a lot i feel like that's why i wanted to do this anthology too is just because of like how would you do like knowing that you're gonna pass at any point uh just in a few moments like what would you do knowing that I would, a, I would grab a I would grab a sheet of paper and a pen. I'd be like, "All right, mother," you know, <laughs> and I'd I you know like it would be Festivus. Uh, what what is it? Uh, George Costanza's dad. What is his? Uh, my airings of grievances. It would be my airings of grievances. You know, like and then feats right, of strength. I, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wish I could say that I would do something nice and sweet and honorable, but I think really it'd be like, oh, I've got seven to three minutes left. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know what? That one girl in high school, you know what? <laughs> well, you know, no. and Shadia is, is probably being a little bit um, too modest because she's awesome to work with. I mean, uh, uh -huh. I, I've done, I've Thank done a you. short story with her and she's a superstar. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad because you were really patient with me. I was like in grad school when I was doing that story. So like, and then after that, I was like, hey, we need you to work on all of this book. So it took me like, what, two years since you first sent me the script? It's all right. Oh it happened when God. it was supposed to like, happen. In that exact situation with another friend of mine who sent me the script two years ago too. And I just, I'm now inking it because it's just, it's, I've been so busy. Well, so yeah, was, I mean, you you have your Spider Ham story that just came out not too long ago, and then there was a big announcement. Was it a Scholastic book that you're doing? Yeah, basically, I'm doing like, uh, like three novels with Scholastic. One of them is a three is a trilogy, so like about wow. like five or six uh, novels with Scholastic. It's been a fun experience. Um, definitely just interesting to see how much like my style has to like vary from project to project mm -hmm. i was watching a documentary on the clash and joe strummer was talking about when they finally had to kick mick jones out of the band because he was always coming in late he was just kind of getting into the rock star life and wasn't <laughs> coming into rehearsals and they kicked him out and they had one more album and it didn't work and then the clash was no more and and Joe said, I think what I learned is it's okay to wait for talent. Yeah. <laughs> so if it takes you two years to do a short story for Will, I, I, he has that short story forever. So yeah. it's okay <laughs> to wait for talent. Yep. I know. And, I just feel and, bad because I do like to like <laughs> do my good share of work. No, I don't, I don't do recommend doing that with Scholastic. Yeah. I recommend <laughs> hitting your deadlines. <laughs> Oh my God. Shadi is a, a superstar. My, my cat got into the tool closet. Give me a second. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. That, so Purple Eyes has, uh, how many days do we have left on this campaign? Uh, so it says four. Uh, okay. I think I might have messed up. I thought I was aiming for it to end on Wednesday. I think right. maybe I did my math wrong. Maybe it ends on Tuesday. <laughs> I think that they do sort of cheat the days a little bit and that it's like four days and then four days, be, you know, three days becomes uh, a lot of hours. So I, I think you may have five days because they kind of create that fear of missing out for you. Mm -hmm. um, but you're, well, it makes you're me think I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, so it says go by Wednesday, June 15th at noon. So I think you're good. Okay. Right on. Yeah, I think you're good. So you're at 7,700. Uh, you've got 199 backers. Um, you know, like the weirdest thing is with Kickstarter math, you've got to get up to that 50% mark and you are so close to 50%. I, I think that, you know, it's, it's, you've, you have a runway. It's going to be a mad dash, but I really hope that people can get behind this anthology because it's just such a unique idea and as a very selfish person i want to read this so um 
uh, big time. Everybody, if you can can look at this campaign and, you know, it's a tough it's a it's a tough time for some people. I'm not saying anybody should spend money they don't have. But if you're doing OK, I would check out Purple Ice because it seems like such a cool idea. And I really hope you guys can land it by Wednesday. And somebody I mean, somebody needs to be rewarded for just, you know, hurting the 33 different creators to get all of this put together because oh my god <laughs> yeah as john in the comments just said wow that is a lot of pitches so um yeah. how did you handle because i'm sure if you had that many pitches you had to say no to some good ideas yeah i had to say no to just just brilliant ideas um and like just fantastic artists it was either that there was someone that like a creative team that that did a similar story mm -hmm. that did it in a different way so like one of the things that i haven't mentioned is this this anthology is a little bit unique where we're trying to figure out ways to link these stories together to give the reader the best experience so sometimes that might be you know we're, we're still in the the processes we're meeting we're meeting a couple times a month to like um like we, we're trying to do narratively so like the sibling uh, or like the main character of, of story three is the sibling of the main character of story 12. Mm -hmm. Or we're trying to figure out visually. So, you know, we'll, there's playing around with character designs. So, you know, the thing is like, we have so many wonderful artists, but their their styles are distinct. So they're trying to figure out like key clothing items or hairstyles, um, you know, so so the reader could be like, oh yeah, that's that character. He's popping in the background of this story because he just popped in the background of the last story. Um, we're doing like things like that. Uh, Scott Arnold is doing a story about a, a music producer uh, who's part part of uh, working with this music producer is that in the contract, if you get Purple Eyes, um, you have to record a song with your last moments. Alive. Oh, that's brilliant! That, that will go to because he wants to do the twenty, the twenty-seven club, or that's like the producer's main thing. He wants to do twenty-seven original tracks, uh, but it's you know to the twenty-seven club, and the 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 carrot they hang over the you know, the the stipulation is if you don't do that and you get purpleized, then your your whatever your estate or your loved ones. They don't get your royalties post your death, and you know that's when that's when you start making money is after you die, and then everyone... right, right. So, so I, this is just out of nowhere, and you yeah. take this or leave this. This is your book. Maybe you could have one of your characters jump, uh, drop a Cuban tank team into the 1300 BCE. <laughs> I mean, that's just off the top of my head. Just a lot of connections. Yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. Like, so Scott has that and has a good list of, or he's still, he's, he has a decent list. He's still building it of band names or like musician names. And that just gets scattered apart. Um, you know, there's, there's one story. It's, it doesn't ruin the story, but there's one story where someone pukes on another person. Yeah. And, uh, it's a little too yeah. close to home right now, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they're, they're kids. They're just kids being. Um, so, like, we're like, oh, we just put put one of the bands on the, the shirt that gets puked on, like, right beforehand. <laughs> like, just doing things like that. It's it's, it's been really fun. Um, but, yeah, you know, we were, like you said, like, we're four or five days away. You know, Wednesday, it ends. 
uh, you know, we're just trying to raise enough money because one of the key parts that was, you know, very important to me was to pay everyone a good page rate. And so that's why it's so much money. Sure. Because I want to make sure every, all the creators get paid. And, you know, when I was starting, like, this is my fourth anthology, my third Kickstarter. So I'm used to the, you know, the step-by-step process and getting things completed on time and scheduled correctly. Uh, but, you know, for this one, this one's obviously a, a lot larger of a undertaking. You know, it's 140 pages about, uh, like I said, 18 stories, 33 creators. Um, but yeah, so this time I was like looking at various different Kickstarters that had open pitch submissions around that time. And they were, you know, I was looking to see what information they were giving out for open pitch submissions and kind of like, you know, how they were structuring their things. And there was, you know, I'm not naming names. They got, they have gotten funded. Um, but you know, they were offering like $50 or 50, one was $50, one was 50 euros per page. And that's not, it's not feasible for a whole creative team. Even if you're a true cartoonist and that, you know, that writes, illustrates um, colors and letters. um, Yeah. That's, that's still like 12 hours of your life per page for 50 bucks. And that just seems, I, my, my brain's it's late. It's Friday. So I can't do the math on that, but that, that, (laughs) My brain just showed me a frowny face emoji. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I, I think everybody's trying to figure out the best way possible. And I think that it's at, at least I'm not going to, you know, hit anybody else for, for what, what they did. But it, it is honorable that you're trying to get a page rate to your creators. Yep. And, I, I, you know, I appreciate that, too. I'm, I don't know what a page rate to a creator is that is like foreign to me, but I think it's a lovely idea that it's great that you're trying to do for your people. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. super appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, comics are so hard for everyone, but particularly hard for the artist mm-hmm. because they're the ones that have to live with. For two a- years. For. <laughs> Shadi, I, think that was, I think that was a hit at you, Shadi. <laughs> just a callback. Just a callback. <laughs> call but yeah, I mean, it, it takes, you know, I can write, you know, a page of script. And if it's a splash page, you know, mm-hmm. here's two armies, you know, go. Yeah. And, you know, that takes me five minutes, but it'll take an artist maybe a two days, you know, to do that right. the way that that artist thinks it needs to be done and it's you know it's great because you know as writers you know kevin and i've talked about this a lot we love to get those art emails i mean there's no better thing in the world than an art email right i mean it's it's awesome but art is physically hard uh, Mm -hmm. and i i love all my i love every artist that i've worked with so thanks shoddy i I love working with you too Thank you. It means a lot. Uh, it's honestly really exhausting. I did, uh, especially back in college, I ended up suffering from like severe tendonitis. And sadly, a lot of young artists that I know slowly have been having to like find careers in non-art production due to like the amount of injuries that they get from drawing. Mm-hmm. It's appreciate artists is all I'll say to anybody listening. Of course, it's obvious, but you know, uh, especially... I, I definitely have seen a certain ungratefulness. Not thankfully, not as much with 
American comics or independent comics fan, but definitely um, I forget the name of the, the creator of Hunter X Hunter Hunter and Yu Yu Hakusho. Mm-hmm. I had somebody once try to tell me and insist in me that the guy was like lazy and he did to get back to do Hunter Hunter, just like really rudely and making laughing at me because he said like you know he's like not doing well because of the amount of work he has to do and he kept just making fun of he me. He has a back injury. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like he, he he's just being lazy. He needs to get back to doing Hunter Hunter. I'm like, you do it. Yeah. You do it. <laughs> if you think it's that easy, you do it, bro. Yeah. Artists are, are humans, and uh, they are, and they need love, and they need to take care of themselves. Yes, they need to take care of themselves, and we need to allow them that time to do it. Yep. Um, so I want to wish a lot of good luck to Purple Eyes, but I also want to make sure that we get to uh, Rapture Burgers, because Chris has been with us, and I want to make sure that we, we don't go too late and, and drop off our energy before we hear about this, because the moment I heard this pitch to me, I was like, I have to know more about this <laughs> crazy idea. So where did the idea, as I pull up the page, where did the idea of Rapture Burgers first come from? Uh, so originally, like the original, original idea, um, my ex-girlfriend from high school started to joke that I was going to conquer the world one day uh-huh. um, and that I had minions uh, out there. So it uh, it started as just kind of a joke. And we uh, wanted to do like a web comic back in the heyday of web comics. Um, and that was the premise is like, oh, this would be funny. We could do some punchy single panel pages uh, or four panel pages or whatever it is. Um, and it sort of just spun out from there where the main character, Camille, was originally a little bit based on me and then just got amplified into crazy territory. Okay. Um, because no, I was not that crazy in high school. Like that's not <laughs> what I was. You were you were a crazy enough for the concept, but the concept <laughs> had to be built. Yeah, yeah, it had to spin off. Uh, and similarly, like his best friend um, Sydney was based on my friend from high school. But you know, you just exaggerate the apathy and the sort of you know deadpan. And so he becomes a very good straight man to a sort of manic, crazy person, uh, which is Camille. And so they have a very fun dynamic that is a little bit like Pinky in the Brain, where he's like prodding holes in his sort of dumb plans. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it really grew to become its own thing. Um, we actually did three American-style graphic novels um, in the past. And this is a little bit of a... I learned a lot when I did that. Uh, you know, the story that you write when you're like 19 or 20, maybe maybe you could do that better. Mm. Uh, and this was my opportunity with uh, a new style, new artist, uh, to sort of take the inspiration that I continue to take in and then like, make something out of it. You're, you're reminding me of Matt Sorcher who does Sacrimony. She's been working on her webcomic in her head for like 12 years. <laughs> and she's been doing her webcomic for about six. And then she scrapped it all and just is now redrawing all of it as a webcomic and putting it on Kickstarter. That's- There's a strong temptation, I think. Uh, but yeah, like I started uh, way back in like 2005 with the core concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 2013 or so, we actually made the graphic novels and for about six years, worked on them, released them. I went to cons and stuff. And then I took a break and um, was working with an animation studio. 
to try to pitch it for animation for a while and continue to pitch it for animation. We had a couple meetings with Warner Brothers like last year and we're, we have other pitches that we're putting together for different stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of coming back to, man, I really want to tell this story uh, in full with all of the things that I learned and like a super detailed style that I can do now with uh, an artist out of Japan. And so this is my opportunity to say, this is the definitive edition of this. Oh, that's from awesome. scratch. How did you find that artist? Um, so I've been um, uh, taking one-on-one Japanese lessons since basically the pandemic started, like right before the pandemic, probably. Uh, because, so you know, at the, yeah, obviously. Jesus, it, it, man. I needed more time inside the house to, to practice Japanese. That's what it was. Well, hey, as long as you're getting something out of it, I guess it's all worth it. Yeah. So I um, um, improved my Japanese skill a little bit, but then also um, because I had someone who's willing to interpret for me was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm going to go f- go to one of these websites where you can actually uh, request commissioned work from Japanese artists. And then against the rules, I uh, contacted them outside of that website. And, <laughs> uh, we made an agreement and started working together. Uh, and we've been working together for like two years, long enough that I don't remember like some of our act- interactions from the beginning. Um, but we spent a lot of time redesigning characters, uh, establishing the style that we were going to go with, you know, figuring, and I was rewriting the scripts at that point. Cause I was like writing a pilot script for animation, um, and translating the scripts into Japanese. And just, there was a lot of prep work before we actually started making real pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been making the pages themselves for probably a year. And we have like 126 of them in various stages of completion. But the volume that I'm kickstarting will be 300 pages, like oh solid first wow. volume. Wow. Uh, and the reason is because um, I could release it chapter by chapter again. But um, for me, the longer form storytelling works much better for this story. And that's that's kind of what I mean for it. It's like it'll be broken into chapters, but... Um, especially now that I want to take my time and uh, build more of the world, establish the characters a little bit better for a bit longer. I'm like, this is more of a long form read. Yeah. Shawnee put this earlier, but I think it works really well now. Like NARF. Oh my God. 300 pages. <laughs> um, what, what thought goes into taking something that was uh, a very, uh, you know, traditional American comic and, changing it to be more of a manga influence what what do you i'm kind of ignorant of manga so what's your Um, thought process in doing that so if you read scott pilgrim uh scott pilgrim was an american style ish comic that took a lot of influence from manga and used the screen tones uh used the lettering like some of like similar effects it was very video game inspired japanese culture inspired uh and that's like a half step a little bit uh, which is which worked like I, I like Scott Pilgrim. Um, I just realized I was muted. I was gonna say uh, to uh, to what he was saying is uh, also manga has uh, a very high de- uh, one thing manga has a very high demand schedule. They ask you for like ten pages a week, oh, and yeah. while you publish that, you also have to think of pencils and thumbnails for like the next couple of issues. 
So it's pretty much a non very nonstop schedule. That's why they say like a lot of artists ended up injuring themselves. Mm-hmm. And then you see like later artists like uh, Ichiro Oda or um, I forgot the creator of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure where now they publish a chapter and they take a break. They publish another chapter yeah. to take a break. That's what yeah, is coming and, more now. Yeah, and, and that's the interesting thing of I'm bringing more of the um, American style pacing to this because uh, I'm aware of like the artist burnout and I'm very specifically like, yeah, we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> you know, um, it's a little bit of a cultural thing too of like being dedicated to the job, being dedicated to like the series, but it's the publisher demand is what it really is, is like mm-hmm. pushing that schedule. Uh, but that's also why it's like, we're going to do a volume release. We're not going to do a weekly or a monthly. We're going to do this all the right way and then uh, release it all at once. Right. So um, like for the the style of working, there actually was a, a major difference because as you guys know, with American comics is usually like a penciler, an inker, a colorist, a letterer. Uh, but with the assistant system and manga, uh, I... I asked if I could bring in like an inker and uh, Pepper, the artist was like, sort of like, no, I would never let someone I don't know and didn't train myself touch my art. Like that is not a thing I would do. Like I would have an assistant that I train and even then they probably don't get to do the inking. They get to do some backgrounds, you know, they'll do like food or mechanical things if necessary. Uh, Definitely shading and toning. But uh, so there's, there was some learning um, firsthand about what I could suggest or try to bring in and what I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from a writing standpoint, uh, it is that uh, there are some different sort of tropes that are common. Uh, from a visual standpoint, uh, Pepper, the artist, describes like, well, you know, a lot of American comics, especially superhero comics, try to be like a still frame from a movie. So like you might study cinematography books to get an idea of um, like making a good comic panel. But uh, manga is more inspired by some Japanese art, but it's a little more like things are in motion or you bring uh, your characters have a little more deformation. So from a visual standpoint, it was interesting to see like the difference as it was happening. Uh, But from a writing standpoint, I felt like I could do longer form uh, without having to worry about like, it's 18 pages were done uh, or it's 24 pages were done. Cause manga always ends on a cliffhanger and they just continue exactly where they left off. Like mm-hmm. it's just a thing. Um, so there, yeah, there were some cultural things I had to learn. There were some like different format things I had to learn, but um, you know, at the end of the day, it's thinking visually uh, about storytelling on a page. And I mostly leave that up to the artist. Right. Is it going to read left to right or right to left? Uh, it's currently, um, right, right to left, right there. Okay. So Um, it is traditional manga. Okay. And it's because Pepper doesn't really speak English and had, isn't really familiar with American comics very much. And I was like, do it the way that you know how to do it. Yeah. I think, I think that would be really rough to, you know, take an artist that you are hiring for, you know, everything that they bring and, and putting that, that drawing hand behind their back. So I think it's smart to let them work in their, in their own way. That's. Yeah. We've actually been uh, having the conversation about sound effects, for example, uh, because they're naturally going to put sound effects in Japanese, which I could translate, 
but then do we redraw them in English? Do we subtitle them? Uh, there's actually a, uh, uh, there was a phase in manga where they would put an <laughs> appendix of translated sound effects, which I thought was terrible because <laughs> you're like, wait, what does that say? <laughs> um, so we're talking about like, what do we do? Because some of them look okay with small subtitles, but some of them are like, that's a full page sound effect. Uh, and the, the subtitles like this big. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're sort of hashing out what do we want to do with that stylistically uh and our the assistant that we have right now is very good at hand lettering things in english uh so some of them we were experimenting with like redrawing them using the same brushes that peppers using to to have a consistent feel that's super interesting i i think it's cool that you guys are are finding that and building your own way to do this as a synthesis of the two uh styles yeah yeah it's, it's been fun i think the comic uh western comics versus manga thing is just like such a funny debate like <clears throat> like i work with a manga artist to to do manga style stories and then i usually put them in the same volume with like western style stories and then you'll be like at a con and be like oh yeah i'm not going to read this i like manga well so yeah but like a quarter of it's a manga or like half of it's a manga stuff like no that's not i don't want to read that you know and then you get people that the opposite who are like yeah i only want to read western style comics and i'm like you know you guys really need to read scott mcleod's understanding comics like it's all comics you know yeah <laughs> and like and like there's little there's little differences in in the tropes and the, the cultural assumptions and you know like you're talking about sound effects i, <laughs> I realize like with manga like they, they they have a different conception of what a sound effect should should signify you know like like a lot of times um in manga you see like a sound effect for somebody walking down the hallway you know or for somebody <laughs> staring at another person yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you uh, see that in a western comic it's just but you know it's just funny to me like it's it's all comics it's the language um the 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 idea of comics literacy even if you're reading the opposite way um, it applies to both styles, and yeah, it, it's just funny to me how people will like have put up these barriers. Man. Yeah, and uh, the sound effect thing goes back to Japanese culture in general. There's a lot of onomatopoeia for like uh, apparently, as you learn Japanese, become fluent, you start to hear like the bugs, and you visualize the 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 onomatopoeia that Japanese has for it. Um, it's just, and really, it's just another shortcut of conveying, like, okay, they're staring. I know that because it says stare. Oh, it says like, <laughs> yeah. stuff like G. Uh, yeah, G. G. Yeah. Uh, I do remember. I actually, I worked on the Aggressive comics, and sometimes I do write Japanese onomatopoeias. Mm -hmm. And I think the one that I remember specifically, I did an ad for a sleep, for a sloth sleeping. And mm -hmm. I and I basically wrote that instead of like you know C C C C C I just wrote suya suya, and that was yeah. like, that's the Japanese onomatopoeia for sleeping, which is very interesting when you see like the difference of it. And honestly, sometimes sometimes um, the onomatopoeia sounds a little better in Japanese for just the sort of sound feel. Yeah, I do, I do agree. Yeah, I've even noticed, like, I, I've been reading a lot of Golden Age comics that prepare for doing these public domain stories. And even in those days, you know, one of the reasons I really love Golden Age comics is because there weren't any rules then. Like, hmm. you know, um, but this character, Dash Darwell, he's super fast, but he goes around wearing a three-piece suit. He has no, you know, he has no code name. He has no costume. Um, 
blatantly uses uh, misuses his powers for personal gain, you know. Nice. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but something was really interesting about sound effects. Like, um, instead of a sound effect, it might have a caption that says, you know, um, the uh, uh, the Tommy the Tommy guns, uh, you know, the Tommy guns uh, kill, you know, kill the kill the kill the bad guys, you know, or and it'll just say that, and there'll be no sound effect. Um, or, you know, they, they, the hero throws the villain against the wall and they're like, caption, there's no sound effect. Um, so all of these things, like, sort of congeal um, over the decades. And, and we have this idea of, like, what's right and what's wrong, you know, but it's but it's completely, you know, subjective. And when they, they were doing that, they were making it up. And by making it up, they were making up the rules. And also, they didn't mm-hmm. give two hoots at all. Like, it was just like... Some six-year-old's gonna read this. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Tommy guns <laughs> killed the bad guy. Yeah. And then now we read it, you know, 60 years later, and it's you get both the the um incredible enjoyment out of reading something silly like that. And you also see it. Like we're uh we're watching the original Dark Shadows, my family are now with Barnabas Collins coming on and just the extraordinary silliness of this vampire in a soap opera. And yet you cannot look away. It is also transfixing and incredibly entertaining um, in, in that way of these people that are just like, and apparently that was the, the head writer was told, if you don't get the ratings up, we're going to cancel you. And he was like, well, we're never going to get the ratings up. And I want to write a story about a vampire. So we just put a vampire in a soap opera and then the ratings skyrocketed and they were on for like 20 years uh, because he was told to, instead of trying to get the ratings up, he said, screw this. I got another year. I'm going to write what I want to write. And, you know, like, and eventually somebody is going to write, you know, Superman, Batman, Daredevil, Fantastic Four, you know, and you know the manga equivalent, and we're all sitting here playing around with comics because they did these crazy mega mops. So I don't really know what I'm saying. I'm just I, I mean, love. It. There have been some. I I think it's a manga interpretation, but it's like so silly. But I loved it. It's like where Bruce Wayne gets transformed into a baby, and the Joker has to babysit the I baby. Saw that. <laughs> and I've seen that. It's, if I recall, it's a manga style, but it was like the one of the most like the funniest thing ever i ever read um yeah there's also the deadpool one uh deadpool samurai i think is, is a thing uh Maybe. yeah no I've, I've read some of it i, I know it exists <laughs> I mean, uh, any, any of that stuff is just so much fun and there was incredible there was incredible freedom in that nobody really respected the audience so they could kind of do anything. And also there's just incredible joy in this, just like effort, let's do it. And, um, you know, we're all, we're all sitting on, on those things. And, you know, and then Alan Moore comes in 87 and, and yeah. says, well, let's, let's take all these crazy things that I love and let's give it a reason. And then, you know, there's people like me like, okay, now we got to be serious. And, you know, <laughs> but, but let's, let's also have a blast doing this as well. Well, yeah. I mean, look at the, look at Eisner, you know, building a lot of these things, you know, with the spirit, you know, panel to panel transitions and, you know, I'm still, I'm I'm still trying to figure out a way that one of these days I can use thought bubbles 
you know, because those have gone mm. the way of the dodo. But you know, we use captions now. Only you know, mm, right. only only babies use thought bubbles. We don't use those well, anymore. You know what? That was you, that's one of the things I can do now. And um, manga is like I can do thought bubbles and nobody questions it. Nice. nice. <laughs> that's, that was a minor thing that I that now that you mentioned, I'm like, oh yeah, I get to use those now. <laughs> Also, a neat thing I see manga do, does um, uh, is that you can use a picture, Xerox the picture, and that's a background. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, Poon is one that I see does it a lot, and it's so beautifully integrated with the art. Very depressing manga, by the way, so just <laughs> read it with caution, just so you know. Yeah. Um, the one that does it that isn't as impressively integrated is like, uh, like, I would not read Rent a Girlfriend because the first couple of chapters were all Xerox backgrounds, and I was like, ah. Oh, it's and they so were, cute. I I know I I'm I'm caught up on it now, and now it's sort of a garbage fire. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Well, if anything, rec my recommendation for anybody here who wants to get into manga, because I feel like that is down everybody's aisle, Chainsaw Man. <laughs> I have never read a manga so fast in my life, and I got it to two like two months later in my leg. That's how good it was. Chainsaw man. All right, that's going on the list. <laughs> yeah, usually I, I recommend like ah, you know, go with uh, Urasawa, go with like Pluto or Twentieth oh, Century yeah, Boys. Yeah, no, if you Urasawa is good. I think Monster, uh, Monster is the most popular of him. But I heard great here uh, things. My husband is like a big fan of him, of, of a big Urasawa fan. He has like all of Pluto. He has mm -hmm. all of Monster. He has like his short stories, like Sneeze and others. Um, he's a big mangaka collector, so he has ah. a bunch of like Urasawa stuff. Yeah, I think Pluto is out of print now. Yeah, he got mm, it in English. Oh, he has <laughs> yeah. Asadora. He's currently collecting Asadora too. Wow. No, yeah, I remember awesome. uh, I'm on uh, John Lee's is a writer that uh, works with Comics Tribe. Uh, I'm on his, and I know he was going on and on about Pluto and 20th Century Boys, I think, in his newsletter uh, last yeah. year, I think. Was that, that sounds about right. So it's, I was really surprised at how good Pluto is for being an Astro Boy story, but uh, it's surprisingly good. It's really, really good. Like, Blade Runner-y sort of, you know, hunting robots and stuff. Cool. I'm going to definitely have to put that. I'm putting those on the list, too. Darn it. Yeah. So much to read. 20 after, after Chainsaw Man, right? Yeah. yeah. After <laughs> well, Chainsaw Man, uh, they did say that he was going to release a part two. And between mm. part one and part two, he has released two short stories named Look Back and goodbye airy and they are amazing just like they, he's like two uh short story quote unquote because they're like 200 pages each short story <laughs> yeah they're they're one shots they're <laughs> one shots basically uh, so shadia thank yeah. thank you you one one second like so i don't forget chris one thing i want to ask 300 page volume is this beginning middle end or is there a possibility of something? Oh, else? no, this is volume one. The, <laughs> okay. 300 page volume okay, one. Okay, okay. So the Ow. 300 page of, of Goodbye Aerie and stuff, one shot means 300 pages. So it's just like you get one book, which here in, yeah, the, in the Americas we'll call a graphic novel. Manga is just like, it's just so serialized. So you can get like, I think they, if I read, I think it depends on the format. So 
Uh, you usually get like a weekly 10 page story. And then after it hits a, cer a certain point, you get the taco bone, which is our version of like the soft cover, hard cover, compilation yeah. volume. Um, and Chase Hellman has, they're all out. They're 11. Sorry. This is like, <laughs> I went off on Chase <laughs> I, mean, I just generally love that manga so much. No, I love it. Let's, let's like go where the conversation takes us. Let's yeah. do um, <laughs> But yeah, it's a kind of similar surrealization. It's just done in a faster pace because of how the manga format is i think i think recently if i recall correctly they release uh I don't, you might be familiar with rumiko takahashi's work yep. uh my koku ranma inuyasha uh what's the other one girl with the green hair who's an alien i forgot oh uh utsure yasura or say yasura yeah uh yeah, yeah. basically her work schedule is that she works like four days in a row non-stop no sleep and then she rests for the other three days oh god <laughs> that sounds that sounds about right uh, yeah and she just like yeah. keep it going to, and, and like i've been there where like i'm working and it's like six in the morning but i was like no 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 i gotta keep going because i'm, I'm feeling it right now yeah. she just passed uh, the human threshold i will say that i have i have very directly had to tell uh my artist uh, pepper like uh, no, no, it's okay. You, you, you can stop. You can go to sleep. We, yeah. please, please. <laughs> we have more time. Don't kill yourself for me. Don't yeah, no, kill ever, yourself over my story. Uh, it reminds me, like ever since like Kentaro Miura's passing, I think it has mm -hmm. brought a huge conversation of like artists and their health. Yeah. Especially just so because of how high the demand and uh, context. Um, if you know Berserk, Kentaro Miura was the creator of Berserk. It was his life's work. And he died at 54 of oh. an aortic dissection. Uh, and people think it was probably caused to stress. It was the same with Osamu Tezuka. He died of stomach cancer. And that man will like, not mm. stop working. It, yeah, like, a lot of, a mad man. Yeah, a lot of mangakas who just like work so hard all the time, nonstop, just die so young because of that. So again, if to anybody hearing, please watch your health. Yeah, there was a yeah. Kickstarter uh, creator, and this was years ago, I don't remember the name, who successfully funded the Kickstarter and then spent the next three weeks in the hospital because of the stress and the work oh, yeah. and the exhaustion. And it's like, okay, you raised $3,000, maybe, maybe $9,000. And now you, you know, in America, you have a $80,000 uh, <laughs> hospital bill, yeah. because you put yeah. all your time and effort into doing this. And it's like, yeah, work, talk, you know, come on our show, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, really late, sorry. But um, also take a little time to relax and, you know, yeah. like live a life as well. It was surprising uh, how stressful it was just to start a Kickstarter because the realization hit of, oh, I'm asking strangers for money. That's what I'm doing. That's, yeah. that's what's happening right now. Uh, give us some money. Give me some money it. for this <laughs> and entertainment. I and promise. It's, and it's all or nothing. So if you, um, you know, you ask right. for for ten thousand dollars and you raise nine thousand nine hundred and eighty-two dollars, you get zero. Which we both yep. we all know Kickstarter math. If you if you get that close, you're going to get it. But yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like. Also, you know, fear of failure, but the best advice I was given before my first one was the absolute worst thing that can happen in a Kickstarter is 30 days of free advertisement. Yep. Yeah. That is the worst saying, thing that can happen. Kept saying beforehand, Kickstarter is a marketing tool as well. And that's, if nothing else, that that is what it's useful for. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like uh, Kickstarter, in a way, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel, I feel like it's a way that you're going to get the money sooner or later because t- something that other people do when it's not necessarily Kickstarter is just like, okay, you can only buy this and pre-order it. And during the cutoff period, we're going to calculate how much we can print. That's usually like the goal, but of course that will mean like the it could mean that the creators are not getting their fair share of pay, which is yeah. not what we want. Mm-hmm. So there are methods, but usually pre-orders just recommended more if it's you yourself and nobody else on the project, or unless it's like a friend who's willing to like take a lesser pay, but not ideal. Yeah, and it's worth noting that my the, so I kind of go into this into the kick and my Kickstarter a tiny bit. This Kickstarter is to help accelerate our progress. Mm-hmm. It, it won't cover the cost of everything because mm-hmm. uh, there's just like so much involved and the the non-kill yourself pace, like the pace that we're trying to go where we don't like kill the artist mm-hmm. uh, means that, you know, I'm paying a good amount for the pages for a monthly fee and we're going to take our time. And so like we're trying to set a deadline of one year after the Kickstarter, which we should easily be able to make uh but you know at best it'll cover some of the printing um like it'll cover our assistant fees stuff like that and it'll help me pay the artist but i'm still gonna pay out of pocket like i'm yes. still gonna yeah, owe money out of pocket. and that's what every every different campaign um i saw a creator do kind of a, a thing on you know best practices on twitter and it's like you know some people use kickstarter to raise all of the page fees, all of the printing fees, and that's great. And some yeah. people use it to I've already, you know, like me personally, I've paid my artist for uh, the issue that we're kickstarting just so that it can be finished so mm-hmm. that I don't have to worry about if he goes snowboarding and breaks his wrist. Yeah. Oof. What am I going to do? Um, so then I come down and I've, I've paid for the art and I've got a Kickstarter. I could ask for everything. Well, if I don't make it, that doesn't help me at all. So I just ask for the printing money and hope yeah. we yeah. go over. Because yeah. if you print the books, I can eventually sell it and get my money back on the art. Right. Or some people are like, look, I know that I'm going to do this no matter what. I've got 300 pages to volume one of this. <laughs> I would I'm sure do it like, whether you like it or not. Yeah, <laughs> I would sure like a little help getting to that thing. And I think what I say is whatever you as a creator chose is the right choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there oh, isn't yeah. a back wrong to the, um, Sort of back to the, the volume thing. Probably this will be a four or five volume uh, run of this. Uh, okay, thank you so much because Will and I talk about how crazy we are for our 20 to 40 issue series. And you just made us look so sane, exactly. Thank you so much, so sober, and so wow. What? I can't do the math of five times 300. Well, the funny thing is, like, the, the American version I did was like almost 200 pages each, and I did three of those. Uh-huh. Um, wow. So it's not like I haven't done this before. <laughs> it's just a slightly different format that allows me to uh, breathe a lot more and do some things that I wanted to do. Because uh, when I started the original one, I was real tight on 
18 pages and we're done. 18 pages, all right, 24 pages. All right, 30 pages, okay, 60 pages. And it just crept and crept and crept. And so now I'm like, however many it takes for me to tell my story, that's what I'm gonna do. Wait a minute, Kevin, I think he suffers from Charlie Stickney disease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie knows how to um, tell a story and he knows how to tell it at the right page rate for that, page number for that story, yeah. Yeah, I'm, that's what I tried. Here's 60, here's 60 pages. I'm like, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. And <laughs> well, like you read it, and you're preview. like, that's exactly what we needed. Even the free preview I put out is 30 pages because I'm like, ah, 10% of the book. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot more where that came from. I think you are absolutely insane, and I love it, Chris. Yeah. And I, I wish you all the luck in the world. It's uh, 12.15. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up. Not because I'm not having a good time, because I had the world's worst last two days, and I'm tired, and I want to uh, end on a high note before I just drop. Thank you guys so much. Um, I'm really excited for Super Heresies, Purple Eyes, and Rapture Burgers. Uh, one thing I forgot to say is that uh, Tart is kickstarting um, a hardcover. It is time-traveling demon hunters in the world's most haunted waterways um really excited about this uh, i've done the deep dive before so that's all i'm going to say about it um and uh let's do super heresies uh let's do one more pitch if somebody was walking past joseph okay uh <clears throat> super heresy showcase is uh four stories bringing back four years from the golden age uh it's a vintage stock comic uh it's <clears throat> flat colored under a half tone filter um, so if you ever wonder what happened to these characters that got canceled really early on, uh, now you can find out. Uh, <laughs> nice. And in, in addition to the main book, there's also going to be a companion book that reprints their original first appearances from the Golden Age too. <laughs> nice. And Purple Eyes, uh, we'll, we'll let you uh, do it do it again. Uh, Shadi, you're, you're good. You're the shy one, so we won't make you do it again. Oh, I'll do it. I don't oh, care. nice. Okay, All cool. Right. No, I don't want to put I anybody in the spot, but just feel rude about interrupting people. But like, if you let it, like, you see how I get off once I get started. So, okay, what would you do if you have seventy-three minutes to live? So many reactions, so many stories. Go support the Purple Eyes Kickstars by Philip Philip Myra. There we go. Nice. nice. Great. <laughs> I hope and I did justice. <laughs> gorgeous. And Chris, Rapture Burgers. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rapture Burgers is a... Uh, see, I messed it all up. Okay, let me start over. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We, we edit this. No one will ever hear this. Part. <laughs> yeah, no, I got um, Absolutely not. And we're going to go... Wait, get the clapper. There Three, you two, one, and go. Do you like world domination? <laughs> then I have the story for you. Uh, Rapture Burgers is a story of a bumbling idiot high school student named Camille who one day decides to conquer the world and rule it with an iron fist. Uh, we say it's kind of like Pinky in the Brain if Pinky were in charge. I did it much Will better. Was laughing. We're going to do it again. And <laughs> nope. Go. Nope. No, no, it's great. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Uh, Will and I are going to talk about the campaigns from creators who've already been on. Uh, happy for you to hang out mm -hmm. if you know anything about the the projects happy for you to talk about them also 
If you are on the West Coast and hungry, happy for you to go eat dinner. If you're on the East Coast and tired, happy for you to go to sleep because we don't want anybody uh, uh, in the hospital after their Kickstarter just because they were on our show. So really appreciate it. Love for you to stay. And also, if you're not going to stay, good night. And thank you guys so much for joining us. Yep. Thanks. Yep. Thank you Thanks so for having me. Our pleasure. Okay. Now it goes off the rails. Now, yeah, we, this is <laughs> this is where we kind of we, we we don't do quite as good of a job now that we have to try to remember what we were talking about. Oh, let's let's do one thing real quick. Some guy I know named Will Allred has a Kickstarter coming up for <laughs> crossover division number four. That's right. Yes, right, I just Will. Felt, no, you're unstoppable. That's right. Number four will be launching hopefully Tuesday. Um, I've got the last eight packages of number three that are all international because you do the internationals last. Just yeah, internationals last. That will get mailed out tomorrow. So, yes, thanks, Kevin. I uh, it, it'll it allows you to feel like you have money for longer if you do the yeah. forty dollars per package uh, <laughs> at <last>. the end. <laughs> So that's crossoverdivision.com slash KS. Um, that is uh, character, characters are reading a story, fall in love with it so much that they actually bring stories that you have already uh, heard about your whole life into reality, which means you might be walking down the street and the tripods from War of the Worlds walk over you. <laughs> and we need Hank and Hector to... Uh, to <laughs> To, to to get those crossovers over with and it's just a fun sci-fi uh adventure i will sell it for you because you get to be uh, humble and you don't care but it is a great book with amazing art and will cares about it immensely so we want to uh, have you follow that book thanks our buddy uh, uh, Farhan has Battle Panda, a panda who always wanted to be to protect his village. Unfortunately, gets his chance when the wolves just outside of his village start stealing the water, and maybe he finds out he isn't quite as uh, ready to defend as he thought. So, uh, a samurai-like battles with the pandas and wolves, and that ends on June twelfth. Yeah, that's oh, that's quick. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know if podcasters, if you're listening on the podcast, I don't know if you have time to get into it. But uh, but if you're watching live, check out uh, uh, Battle Panda right now. And um, oh, yeah, Rabbit's Badass Song is uh, just a story of brutal revenge and fried chicken. Uh, we had <laughs> we had the, the two writers on and it's just a really um, kind of a tarantino grindhouse-esque uh revenge fantasy and just intriguing amazing art please check out the page for rabbit's badass song and you will be sold uh then we've got wolf and i a waves of dissonance uh we had um krista on was it last weekend i think so last week yeah yeah she uh she joined us after a day uh she had her bad day was last friday my bad day is today so i'm i'm the krista of this evening so um it's a just a, a wonderful fantasy story of two girls who were brought up with fairy tales 
their whole lives and uh, start to realize that maybe they weren't uh, fairy tales. They might have been instruction manuals <laughs> as they realize that uh, the magic is in them. That's a young adult teen comic, mm -hmm. uh, not, a, not a kid's comic, but also, you know, in that, that middle school to high school range. And I think that, oh, we, uh, we probably should uh, raise a, an empty glass at this point uh, to um, our friends, uh, the Amberdor uh, funded uh, really, yeah. really early this week, I think, or was it maybe a couple of days ago? I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I think on Monday, Frankie White's anthology did and Clay Adams, uh, Clay Adams, not anthology, but Clay yeah. Adams, um, Pregnant Bitches of War uh, funded, which is the Gonzo comedy. It was a really good week for people who've been on it. Yeah, uh, uh, Decay and then um, Usual Haunts also funded. Nice. Uh, we have some friends of the show that may or may not be on. We haven't even talked about it. Uh, Last Ember Press has have an Alice in Wonderland public domain re uh reissue not reissue but retelling of alice in wonderland's story and i will give a explain yourself exclusive ludovic sally the artist on tart is working on a crossover print so if anybody backs nice. both tart and curiouser you'll get that print uh we don't know what it's going to look like yet he's given us two possibilities and woke up early this morning with a third. So uh, we shall see. You're going to uh, get an art email. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's, it's the greatest thing to wake up to. Uh, but, but we just love the people at last Ember, Brent Fowler, Lisa Fowler, and their whole crew always have great stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, producing the end of the world. This is why we kind of talked about how, as, as Shadi said, um, you're eventually going to do it. They had an anthology that was going to be a huge, long graphic novel, and they, you know, whatever happened, they didn't quite make their funding. And instead of doing a 200-page graphic novel, they're doing a 72-page uh, graphic novel with sort of the beginnings of every story. It's producing the ends of the world. That is actually where Mario was on and brought up Purple Eyes. So yeah. <laughs> um, that that anthology basically each story has to do with an apocalypse and the only the only thing that i remember is the apocalypse is coming in each story but i don't remember if it has to actually hit um and that's uh is that, that it i think that's about it what yeah. one more one more chainsaw man oh, come yeah. on people <laughs> <laughs> i put it in the banners i'm bringing it back up um really appreciate it I'm, I'm, I, you know, it's easy to remember too. That's yeah. the best thing about it. It's easy to remember. So if I go into my shop and see it, I will pick up volume one. Uh, Philip and Shadia, thank you for yeah, hanging with us to the end. Uh, thank you for having us over. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, we're we're excited. Uh, I hope that we can land this baby because I really do want to see mm -hmm. what some of your creative teams have done. It seems like an ex from the first like second I heard of it, I was like, I want to see what how people play in the sandbox and i'm uh i'm fan of it at least two of the artists i'm sure i'll be fan of other artists because i've worked with robin as well and robin's an awesome artist shoddy is an awesome artist so uh yeah i'm definitely wanting to see this thing uh, come to fruition so we need to get this thing funded we're, we're going to get this thing funded and will and shadia are going to talk after this and in two years they're going to have another short <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> 
Speaking of, are, are you going to be at Heroes Con? Uh, I wish, but uh, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to travel this year, unfortunately. But uh, I'll be there in spirit, so you guys have lots of fun. I guess I will. <laughs> you guess you will. Are any of you guys going to C2E2? Huh? Are any of you guys going to C2E2? No, I didn't really. It was a little bit too much for me, and I like got horrendously sick when I went to Chicago. <laughs> so I was like, mm, maybe not the best. Um, so I unfortunately I don't have any plans soon. Hopefully in the future, I'll be able to. But right now I don't have any uh, the uh, plan to go. That's a bucket list show for me, just because I want to visit Chicago and do the show because I've heard great things about the show. It's a lot of but fun. I, I like Chicago a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's where I'm at. That's my hometown. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. So it's, so, it's cheap for me to go because I just. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see the city more more than anything. I just want to see the city, just because I I don't know. I grew up, you know, like, yeah, I'm a Braves fan, but you grew up watching the Cubs. Like, how can you not like? <laughs> yeah, want to. The tickets are still cheap. Like, bleacher tickets are reasonably priced. You can go for like forty to fifty bucks, depending on you know who they're playing. Yeah. If I go to any convention during baseball season and the team home team is there, I go like it's that's one of like uh, Chuck Pino and I went to an Astros game at the comic Palooza in Houston to well, it was pre COVID. So three years now, but yeah, I mean, it's like, that's part of me. Like part of the experience is like going to see a, a baseball game, you know? So yeah, Cubbies or White Sox, but I it gotta be the copies to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. Everybody in the comments. Uh, we love you and we will see you next week. Have a good night. Thanks everyone. Good night.